What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Raise the Flag podcast. I'm your host, Nick Italiano, here with my co-hosts, Ross and Tom. And today we have a special guest, Brian from the Woods Monkey. What's going on, Brian? Hey, guys. How you doing? I don't know if special is the right word, but okay. <laughs> well, we're all a little special. <laughs> yeah, some more than others. <laughs> Anyway, uh, we wanted to let Brian talk a little bit about himself and what he's got going on over at the Woods Monkey. So, Brian, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how the Woods Monkey got started and what you got going on? All right. Well, first, uh, thanks for having me having me on. I know we've been trying to get together for a little while, so appreciate you guys making time to have me on. And I'm happy to be here. I was I was listening last week and happy to be included in the top five or top seven or nine or. <laughs> Once we got down to it, it was just a list of all the companies we know. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's it. But I mean, other than like a couple of them, you know, they're they're folks that that uh, I mean do a great job, and and it, you know, it's it's good products, but it's a, it's a good group of people too. I mean, a lot of them who are coming out of demo days and Georgia Bushcraft and Campfire Co-op, so it's kind of cool to see all those people. Um, but it's it's neat because they make neat stuff, which is you know thing number one but it's it's nice to deal with people and a lot of them are family oriented businesses and you know like heather and todd from pnw it's her mom and her sister-in-law so and everything so it's just kind of neat to see all those folks so i appreciate being on last week too even though i wasn't on well absolutely and we uh we like to you know support the small businesses and the makers and you know the the non-corporate monsters of the world that <laughs> <So. laughs> yeah, we are yep i mean as you guys can see i'm uh, people on the podcast can't see it, but, um, you know, I'm in my living room, uh, you know, the shop, LT Wright shop, uh, where all our stuff is made is, is a family business. It's LT and his wife and, uh, people have been with the company for most of them, 10 ish years and more his, his nephew, Sam, uh, works there and, and they've had different family members over the years, but again, another family business, um, so yeah, the kind of the exact opposite of the, of the corporate America, which there's nothing wrong with that. I spent, you know, to give you a little background, I spent a long time in corporate America. Um, I'm a reformed financial guy. I was a bank manager, um, you know, got into this a few years ago. I was, I was between positions, um, <laughs> as they say, as, as things happen in the financial world, world, there's mergers and changes and things happen. And they're like, Hey, mm, thanks for coming in, but no. <laughs> um, uh, um, you know, so I, I spent a long time doing that, uh, but I've known LT and, and the crew for, um, I think it's probably 12, 13 years at this point, something like that. I started out with blind horse knives, um, being a collector, being a, you know, buying the knives and seeing them at the gun shows and, uh, getting to know them, joined the, what was the underground then now it's the pout house, um, and was around and, and, uh, LT approached me and said, Hey, you know, we have Woods Monkey, which they bought gosh, six or seven years ago. If anybody remembers Woods Monkey from before, um, it's gone through a couple of different iterations, but it was an online review site. Um, good stuff, uh, guns and knives and shot show and blade show and things like that. Uh, LT liked the logo, liked the, the name um, and bought it. Um, and they tried to revive it. I want to say like 2017, 2018, something like that with some products. Um, they just never had the time to dedicate it uh, to it. And, and we were out to dinner on, I don't know, like the coldest February in, in uh, Eastern Pennsylvania or Eastern Ohio. Um, my wife and, and LT and his wife. And um, 
I said something about being free at the moment, free of <laughs> monetary encumbrances that uh, would make me some money. <laughs> and uh, next time I just happened to be at the shop, we sat down and talked about reviving Woods Monkey yeah. and, and what that would look like. And then the pandemic happened and then they were shut down for a couple of months. And so that, that delayed us for a little bit. Um, eventually we kind of came back around to it and talked about like what we wanted to do with Woods Monkey. Um, and one of the things that we wanted to do is have products. So, I mean, the first, the first real product that I, I mean, I would call it design, but the first product I designed was, was our monkey boards. Um, and based out of a need that I had, you know, um, like I did a, a write-up for PW Bushcraft last month on our newsletter or last week on our newsletter. Um, and if you read there about us on their website, I mean, they started making the stuff because they couldn't find what they wanted out there in the world. And I think a lot of people are like that. I think a lot of um, small companies start with something that like they see a need, they see a, a gap. It's something, you know, that they couldn't find like, Hey, why doesn't somebody make, and they decide to start making it themselves. I'm going to uh, start making a five by seven red pouch with a <laughs> handle on one end. <laughs> I, it definitely, definitely seems like a common theme though, when we talk about, you know, makers and how they get started. And, you know, even like we talk about it a lot, uh, Tom, when they say like, you know, you make these knives because you see a use for them because they're knives that either you have used or would want to use in, you know, situations and, you know, either in the outdoors or in uh, your uh, previous career and all that stuff. So I think it definitely works well. And I think it's a great business model because, you know, instead of having to hire people and do all these kind of like corporate market research stuff and all that, you know, you really just say, well, this is what I need. And there's a good chance that other people need it too. And I know this definitely isn't the first time we've, we've had the same exact conversation with different people on this podcast because it seems to work. Well, it's easy when you're just selling to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> it's like when we went to Blade Show, Lauren looked around. She's like, wow, a lot of these people kind of look like you. I'm like, yes, you want my marketing so easy? <laughs> Just literally like look at myself and be like, that's it. And uh, but yeah, definitely going back to the uh, the finance thing, I, I definitely feel your pain there. I worked in banking for nine and a half years. And uh, after, you know, three or four or five takeovers, mergers and what have you. So I finally uh, <laughs> had enough of it. So it's funny how, how a lot of us with uh, hobbies in this, in this space ended up being businesses in this space or working with businesses in this space. So it's definitely cool to see. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're a lot smarter than I am. I, I, I mean, it took me several times and, you know, being on both sides of mergers and, and big companies, small companies, you know, I worked for Bank of America for a while. I worked for what became Wells Fargo. I worked for a bank that had, you know, 60 branches. So, I mean, um, but you know, like I just wasn't smart enough to be like, you know, I really don't like this. <laughs> like I'm okay at it. I do, I do a good job and, uh, you know, some better than others, but, um, just, you know, and it just kind of happened you know, knowing people and, and, you know, having people know you and know things about you, like, like most of the jobs I've gotten in the past were, because somebody knew me, somebody would call me up and say, Hey, we're looking for this. We're looking for that. Do you want to do this? Um, so it was, you know, it's mostly about the people I knew and it just, for whatever reason, I, I just kept banging my head against the wall. Like, <laughs> like every time, like they're like, yeah. I, I feel you. You know, I moved to, to a bunch of different places throughout the years, and it was always, uh, you know, the same thing somewhere else, you know, <laughs> so was, and same as you, like I was just completely miserable. Um, but I was decent at it, so I just kept doing it, but, you know, eventually got, 
got entirely sick of it, and here we are today on a podcast. (laughs) Yeah, I think I've been laid off seven times at this point in my career, and I I still haven't got smart enough like you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe someday. Yeah, you could be smart like us and be stressed out 24-7 about running a small business. <laughs> Instead, I'm stressed out about working for a different business. It's yeah, it's always, it's always something. Because even like yeah. today, like I spent all my time doing everything other than making knives today because <laughs> that's just how it seems to go. And yesterday, the first half of the day was everything but making knives. It's like, oh, you know, the joys of running a small business. Yeah, yeah I mean, and then you've got a, a Saturday or Sunday where you're working or doing – I mean – I think it all washes out in the end. Um, but, you know, like at the shop, they, they're on a very strict schedule. And they, you know, I mean, they do like down to like, we need to make X number of knives this month or this week. And then this today and then this half a day. I mean, so, I mean, they're banging out like they've got a very rigid and um, and it really works. I mean, it's, it's great to see that. And they that's since the well, not since. I mean, they were doing that before, but not in the same same way uh, before the pandemic. They revamped how they do things. They do things in, in, um, stages and they do like a work, uh, and a finish. And, um, so it's, it's, it's interesting to see, like, they really like bang these things out. And it's nice once you have the flow like that, cause it just kind of makes sense, but you need the ringleader up top then delegating. So everybody else could do it. You can't have everybody trying to wear all the same hats at once. Right. So we, yeah. we kind of got a little sidetracked, but I'm just curious. So you started with the, uh, the monkey board. How, how did that, turn into that first knife so i mean we did the um we did the monkey boards i mean uh, you guys have seen them the, the boards and, and that that came about from me wanting an organizer for like a pocket you know that wasn't a pouch because to me like like i like the pouches but the pouch still has the same problem as like a big pocket like everything is just in there and you can't find it um so i was looking for an organizer and, and my wife has something that she carries around in her in her purse um, and it's like a, it's like a fabric board with like, uh, like elastic bands on it and stuff just kind of fits in there. So I was like, there's gotta be something like that out there. I mean, I could have bought one of those, but, um, <laughs> so I looked around and, and people had some stuff, but nothing exactly what I wanted. So I'm like, well, let's make something. Um, so we were working on that in the Kydex and, and around that same time, we were working on another product, but because, you know, like I'm a knife guy, I've been buying LT right knives for I don't know, 10 years at that point, um, I was like, well, we have to put at least a little knife blade in there. Um, so we were looking at that and, and we were um, playing around. They had made a, a friction folders, blind horse knives. I think they made two of them um, probably 10 years before that. And, and LT just happened to have one of the prototypes in his desk. So we pulled that apart and we were doing them like, I don't know who said it, but somebody said like, hey, I, I think we're making a knife. <laughs> so then we... <laughs> We, we, you know, we started like really like thinking about making a knife. Um, and it was pretty soon after that, that we come up with the idea, like, you know, let's use materials that are in the shop already. So, I mean, the steel is there, obviously the Kydex, the micarta, um, the screws are just the screws from the, the Kydex setup that they'd already used the Chicago screws. So we were trying to use things that were already in the shop and put together a, a simple, um, practical little folder that, that worked, but wasn't, you know, a lot of moving pieces, doesn't have liners on purpose. Um, cause that's another element. Um, so it just, it just kind of happened that way because it's got that classic friction folder look. And we were doing it, you know, first with the long tail, like friction folders have that big, long, I don't know, tang, or I don't know what you call that, quite frankly, um, which I don't really like, 
Um, I never really had a friction folder before this. And one of the reasons was when you put it in your pocket, it's got that big, long thing sticking out of the back of it. So it ends up carrying really big when it's not really big. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's almost like twice as long. We're like, well, but then I could carry a fixed plate. Like, why am I carrying a folder? So we, we shortened that and it's like, well, this kind of looks like a banana, <laughs> you know, like we're woods monkey. So we, we played around with the little, the little tab, made it look more like the stem and it just kind of works for um, like a one-handed opening um, run. You know, I run my thumb across the top and use that to, to open it up. So, um, and it just, I mean, something about the shape and the way it fits in the hand, LT and I were, I was at the shop last week and we were talking about the shape. Um, you know, obviously you're going to use it mostly, but, uh, in a forward grip, but I mean, like in the reverse grip, uh, it's not really a tactical knife, but I mean, the reverse grip still works too. Um, I don't know about the ice pick guys, um, a little <laughs> off from that. Um, I, I, I always think those knives are cool, but I never quite pull the trigger on them. Cause I'm like, I, I, I just think like I would get confused, but, um, but yeah, I, I think it works for all those things. So it just, it was one of those things. And then the, the, the the ability to swap out the blades and the handles was really cool. Like we made those first, I think it was 12, like first 12 prototypes that were all hand done out of 1075 and basically hand cut scales. And, and we, we had those laying out there. I'm like, wow, that's really cool. Like all those different colors and all the different blade shapes. And we have that razor shape, which is not particularly practical, but it looks really cool. <laughs> um, you know, it just, it just was like a neat thing. I'm like, I, I really want the, like, like, yeah, I know I had a hand in, in making these. So, I, yeah, I like them. But, like, if I didn't, I saw these sitting there, I'd be like, ooh, I, you know, like, I really want one of these. So, um, you know, that, that's the thing. Like, you know, we talked about, like, making stuff that you want and hopefully other people like them. And, and you know, we've been lucky enough that people do like them. So, yeah, I mean, I remember when I, uh, I was passing by LT's booth, uh, not this past year, but the previous year at Blade Show, and, and you were there with the banana peels. And I was like, what are these things? These are cool. And, uh, you know, it's like, it's so, it's one of those things where it's like, it's funny looking. So it got my attention and I was like, oh, that's unique. So, and then I picked it up and I got it in hand and I was like, wow, this feels really good in hand. And, um, you know, when I had gotten one from you and I got the, the, the really thick scales and then, the, the thinner scales, um, in my carta, it's like, I used the thick ones for a while and I, I just loved the feel in hand because it felt like I was using a fixed plate, you know? And the way that little that little tab is there, it really prevents the blade from closing while you're using it. So it was really nice. And then I ended up putting on the thinner scales, and it just made it so much more um, pleasant to carry on a daily basis. And now it's in my pocket every single day. I mean, I just I just love it. I just love it a lot. So <laughs> I can't say enough good things about that knife. You know, a friction folder is really simple, but it's also not necessarily easy to get right. And, and Tom, you can probably speak to this as well. So it's a simple mechanism, but I've got some friction folders that they don't want to stay closed, which that's a problem. So you don't have a detent. You don't have anything that, you know, like you have in a, a more advanced like frame lock or something like that. So now you've got this thing in your pocket that's open slightly. And if it's tip up and you reach into your pocket and I've done this, you know, you, you slice your finger open reaching for a friction folder. So the fact that it stays closed, but also on the other side, if it stays open properly and it doesn't bind on the way through, right? So that, that swing on the pivot. So again, it's a simple mechanism, but it's not necessarily easy to get right. And, uh, I think the, the, the banana peel works great and I've had zero issues with it. Yeah. And you guys I also agree. started, 
offering it with like neck knife carry sheets and PNW slips and everything. So you won't have to worry about having it opened up, especially if it's in that PNW slip, because that worked great for my friction folder when I did it, because there was no way of having it falsely deploy in your pocket if it was in that slip. So you never really had to worry about that. And same with the Kydex. It has a tang up there in the Kydex, right? So there's no real way that thing's going to open up on you in yep. there. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to get one of those, those uh, neck carry sheets. I, are I cool. know a guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of my other uh, favorite things about that knife, and I don't know if you did this on purpose, but um, the fact that the flipper is uh, a 90, so, you, so I, you can use it to strike a ferro. I just think that's the coolest thing. So, you know, I've done that a few times now because it's just a nice built-in striker and you don't even have to deploy the blade. Um, just use that little tab and it works great. Yep. And, and uh, again, LT and I were talking um, at the shop and, and he does a lot of stuff where he'll only open it like a quarter though, you know, half halfway and use it. Like if you're cutting open a box, I mean, yeah, you can open it the whole way. You can open it up kind of that halfway point and, you know, and close it back up. But the, I mean, all the edges, you know, one of the hallmarks of an LT right knife is, is the, the spines are like a, like an ice skate, um, on purpose. I mean, that's what people expect and that. And that's one of the hallmarks of their knives. These are not, I mean, because it's going in your pocket, these are not quite as sharp. I mean, they still do run the spine, but they're not quite as sharp, but the, the back of the spine and, and, and you, like you said, the little tab are still crisp enough that you can, you can catch the edge on a ferro rod. Um, but I, I mean, I have a huge amount of respect for, um, like small makers, especially there's a guy, um, in Rhode Island, Steve Carroll, who makes, um, he makes some, some fixed blade knives, but he also makes basically handmade folders and most of them are locking I, to be able to do like a individual knife. I mean, Kershaw or, or a Spyderco or something. I mean, they're banging them out on machines and, you know, they do the, the drawing and they do the prototype and it's done. But I mean, to be able to do like a handmade folding knife with a locking mechanism and have it actually work. I, it's just because you're right. Like, like this is the simplest folding knife there is. It's just two scales. I mean, some washers and the blade and like to get it right and to get it to work. Um, and the, the number of prototypes and Sam at the shop going through and Nick suggesting the washers and things like that. It just, I mean, we originally did have a detent ball in there and nobody liked it. Like, and mine, the yellow one I have still has the ball in there. It doesn't, it doesn't ride on the blade anymore, but, um, because they were pressed into the, into the inside of the, the scale, they didn't roll. I mean, so we could have gotten like a, a you know, one that would roll in, in, a, in a little cage bearing. And I mean, but that would have been a whole different process that <laughs> would have made the knife much more complicated. Um, so, it, you know, it was just riding and it was scratching the blade and it was gritty and it just, didn't work right. So, you know, we eventually went with the two washer system um, and it just, just works. Um, and, and, you know, these are all put together by hand. So, I mean, it's me grooming it together. I give it to Sam, Sam checks it, LT checks it. We make sure that, you know, all the knives open and close smoothly and, 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 you know, don't bind up anywhere. Cause it's, it's really easy. Like you said, to either get them that they're super loose or, or super tight. I was at a, a show not too too long ago and then somebody had like a traditional friction folder handmade with wood scales and a forged blade and it was beautiful but it was darn near impossible to open and then i couldn't close it and finally i just set it back down on the table open i'm like i'm not cutting off a finger to, you know <laughs> like because like, i was kind of and i'm like i'm gonna go ahead and set this down like I, so just like getting this right in a simple mechanism you know so guys who do it and they've got folder locking folders or 
even like handmade automatics, I can't even imagine doing that. No, thanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. You know, it's a, it's a big undertaking and, you know, there are guys out there that do it great. And I think they're awesome. But honestly, like going back to, to the banana peel, one of the things that I think is great about it in this the simplicity of the design is that it, there's nothing to really get gummed up in there. So it's like, I use this thing outside all the time and I, you know, I use it when I'm foraging and what have you. And like, I get dirt and all kinds of goo and mud and stuff up in the, you know, in the washers and it still works just fine. Whereas like, you know, even if you're dealing with like a, a high end folding knife in the 500 to a thousand dollar range, like you get a little grit in that pivot and your knife is not working for you. This thing continues to work even when it's dirty, even when it's wet, even when it's got sand and mud and grit and goop and whatever going on. And, and, it's, and it's really to easy down. to clean. Yeah, yeah it's you easy take to it take down if you need to. Yeah. I had yeah. another uh, friction folder that it had, um, the, it had a backspacer, which made it look really cool. But because it was kind of all attached together, it's it's just like a like a frame lock where you, you know you can take the pivot out but then you kind of got to take the blade out and if you want to put it back together you got to line up the washers line up the if you got to get everything perfect and because of the integrated backspacer you couldn't adjust the tension in the back and it kind of opened hard and closed hard and I actually mo I, I moved it along because uh, again t you take a simple mechanism and it's somehow it's some, still easy to screw it up. Yeah. Well, some manufacturers don't even want you taking them apart for the warranty. So like, which I love by Woods Monkey, you're like, go the right the fuck ahead. Here's some options. <laughs> <laughs> Take it apart as much as you want. Oh no, you can't use a flathead screwdriver. Oh, good luck, bud. But it's like, yeah, you guys are just like, I don't know, throw something else in there if you want. But all other companies are like, don't even touch it. Don't you dare. Yeah. We actually had um, a couple of guys that I know pretty well make their own scales or actually I think they, they did liners. So they did like titanium liners. They wanted liners. I'm like, cool. I mean, the, the, the hardware may not catch, but I mean, it's easy enough to go to the hardware store and get longer Chicago screws. Um, and worse comes to worse, a dime actually fits in these. So, I mean, you know, if you're stuck somewhere, you can, you can pop it with a dime, um, the end of a Griffin tool. Um, uh, but yeah, I, you know, it's, when we first started making them, we do the shop does a lot of stuff either like G10 or Kydex, and we start out with the Kydex handles. That's that's really why we have the Kydex handles because that was kind of the prototype. And then we were like, you know, we really like the Kydex. It's really lightweight and and um, carries easy, and it's got a little bit of a give to it. So when it's in your pocket, it's not like so rigid. Um, but we we talked originally about maybe folding over the Kydex in the back. And I'm like, eh, first of all, it was going to be hard to do. It was going to be hard to cut and hard to, to do it. But you're right. I mean, then you've got like essentially like a backspacer where you can't blow it out. Um, you know, if if you guys notice, the um, the bottom screw has a, a rubber washer in there. So it's really adjustable for the tension. Um, you can really crank that thing down if you want to, if you want to have it super tight. Um, if you don't, you can loosen it up a little bit. And again, those are the rubber washers from the from the Kydex Xi. So. Um, yeah, it just, it just was, uh, you know, some, some design, some good fortune. Um, but a lot of, a lot of cutting and making prototypes and trying them out and trying something else and giving them to everybody in the shop and letting them handle them. And like, what do you like? What do you don't like? You know, let's go back through. We, we did those 12 prototypes, gave them out to people and said, you know, tell us what you think, like use this thing a little bit. And, and we made some tweaks. We actually made it a little bit smaller. Um, the original way back when we're, we're a little bit bigger. Uh, we, we tweak the, um, where the notches are on the blade at one point, the, the, the stem to make it look like a banana. And that's, 
that's, you know, like I'll go through and say stuff and it's like, can we do this? Can we do that? And they're like, yeah, no, maybe. Um, but that was one of the things when I said like, can we make it look a little bit more like a banana? So we had the stem on the scales hmm. um, and it just, it got in the way. So Sam, I think came up with like doing the, uh, doing the stem and, but I mean, just getting the, the angle of the stem right and, and, you know, having it so it was functional and looked good, um, just, just took a lot of trial and error. So well, when, you're, you, when you're making yeah. these, do you have like a section of the shop or are you just commingled with all the LT stuff going on? Like, do you have your own space or? Um, yes and no. I mean, so like we use, um, I, you guys have ever been, if you haven't been to the shop, you should come out to the shop. Um <laughs> Go go walk through. There's there's a actually a um, a knife making class coming up in in September. Just a, a plug for that. Um, I think there's a couple of spots left, but it's a cool weekend. Heather and Todd are coming up. Uh, Burton Bearded Burton's coming up. Um, but it, it's a cool shop to see and look around and see what they do. And, and my wife and I did it back in 2015. Um, and like I knew the process, so I think like a lot of times. When, when people um, are looking at the knives and, and the price of the knives or what's involved and, and they don't really understand, I mean, they don't understand like what goes into it. They think it's just like, oh, well, it's a knife. And, you know, how come like I can go to the gas station, buy a $25 knife and your knife is $150 or $200 or whatever it is. Like, why is that? And it's like, well, because, you know, there's guys who've been doing it for 10 years and there's 87 processes involved and, you know, there was three months of developing this knife and doing the prototyping and the planning. And, oh, by the way, we have to buy the materials to go in the knife and, and all that stuff. Um, but it's it's a cool to see that process. Anyway, so, um, I mean, I, I, I get slotted into um, the, sh- the stuff that the shop is doing, but I'll go up there and put together the knives. We've got like an area set aside for Woods Monkey uh, to put together the knives and we've got all the the handles i've got some handles and blades there and things like that so doing the assembly where it's not quite as like in the shop shop um that's kind of a long answer for <laughs> a simple question but i think you bring up a really good point there though and i know this is something that me and tom talk about a lot like i don't think people realize that the cost of the materials is not the only thing that goes into the cost of the knife you know it's like how much time it takes to make said knife, to grind the knife, to heat treat the knife. You know, it's, there's a lot of work there. It definitely plays into the price, you know, but um, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, even doing the, you know, Tom, you mentioned the, the the neck sheets. And I know, you know, from doing Kydex, like even doing that simple little, you know, two inch by two inch piece of Kydex with two rivets in it is like 10 steps. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, doing the Kydex, heating it up, molding it, taking it apart, putting it together, cleaning it out, running the edges. I mean, there's like, like, well, that's why, you know, Kydex is so expensive. I mean, you can, you can tape two pieces of Kydex and slap them together. I mean, and it's not going to work very well and it's not going to look great. Um, and you can do it cheaply or you can do it right. I mean, but to do it right. And there's a lot of fine tuning too. Cause it like, it doesn't like, unless you have like a CNC mold that's made already with the flaring and then you got the vacuum sealer, it's tough to get every sheath pressed and cleaned up and ready to go. Sometimes it takes some heating, manipulation, getting it to fit just right. Especially with something like a neck knife. It's not something you necessarily want dangling around loose by your neck. So it's like these things need to work. And if they don't have a good carry option, then, you know, what good is it? It's not like it's living in like a chef block in your kitchen. You're meant to carry this thing around. Right. So like you need, that is just as important as everything else. 
but it's not easy to do. Like when you mentioned possibly doing a fold over for the Kydex Woods Monkey, I was like, oh my God, in my head, I'm just thinking, what a goddamn nightmare that would be. Please don't do that. Dude, stop it. It's like you just want to like grab you, like, don't do this. Cherish what you have. Don't even think about it. Because I'm just thinking about folding over the Kydex and getting the fold in the right spot and yeah, then I'm yeah. tinker with it. Like, no, just no. With the tab for the fold. Be- yeah, uh, that's why we didn't do it. It's kind of, it looks simple. It really does. But it's just so finicky at times to get just right that it's just a pain in the ass. And but, you know, it's just a sheath, right? It's only cost like 10 bucks. Well, that's right. the thing, right? And so LT overall, I think, is in a weird spot because it's people almost look at it like production, right? But but it's not. So to your point, it's not a Benchmade. It's not a Spyderco. It's not set the machine and crank out 3,000. There's human beings grinding and polishing and sharpening and, and fitting. And so it's easy for someone to, to, to expect when they get a knife from LT that it's, you know, Tom, you've run into this. People like, oh, are you, you know, is this really handmade? Which is a compliment, but it's also, it's a bar that gets set where you expect the Kydex to be perfect. You expect the fit and finish to be perfect. You know, no mistakes whatsoever. But then again, you have human beings doing that. So that's where the cost is. Yeah. Versus Just if time. I go to a small maker that, just started making knives and I, it's a little rough. Okay. But I expect, you know, it's the guy made it in his garage and it's a little rough and the price isn't, you know, that expensive, but you know, you, you kind of have a different expectation with uh, a company that has a website and is sold in knife stores and all that, but it's still human beings. It's always the funniest too. When you get that, where like, this looks like it was CNC done. It's like, okay, do you want me to drop it on the ground before selling it to you? Well, like, you do what do you want me to do? Right? Like, well, yeah, but I make sure the scuffs are all cleaned up before they go out the door. I know I'm not the only one dropping knives in the production <laughs> shop. I know it. I'm not going to call people out, but I know. I know it happens all over the country. I'm just very open about my buffoonery. But the end product comes out looking clean, so. Yeah. Uh, that's all that counts. But, you know, and I think that's it's funny. It's a good point that you guys bring up because the people who transition from buying real production knives to buying handmade knives, I don't think they necessarily understand what they're getting into. Um because, you know, you, you get and even even the best handmade, custom made knife maker, like you will find something on that on that on that piece that is not pristine. And that's OK, because at the end of the day, like it's it's function. And for the most part, I think price, you know, the price that people charge kind of dictate their level of ability to fit and finish that knife. Um, you know, like Ross said, like, you know, I've bought knives from people who are relatively new and they're not super experienced and you know what i got a great knife for a great price that worked really well but yeah there was some you know minor fit finish issues so that's what you kind of expect when you're buying a handmade knife but it's like you're also you're paying for the experience and that's i mean today i had santa claus in my basement fixing my boiler and it's like his hourly rate is like you know especially in the off season like the summer when he's not delivering christmas gifts it's like 150 bucks, 150 plus an hour. But it's because Santa Claus knows what the fuck he's doing with the boiler. And if I try playing with it after watching a YouTube video, I'm going to blow up my goddamn house. So it's like <laughs> you're paying for Santa's experience, not necessarily just his time. Because I could exactly. put in more time and run the risk of doing something terribly wrong. So it's like, no, you pay the man for his experience and time. So why Santa Claus? <laughs> well, he looks like Santa Claus to the point where he has a big old great white beard 
long flowing white hair, and then he also has a big old pot belly. And apparently, he gets called Santa so much that he had his chest tattooed with Santa Claus. And yes, I saw my plumber's chest today while he was repairing my boiler. So that's not a normal visit. No, it's not a normal visit. <laughs> and I also got my price yeah. of the labor reduced by giving him a blank that he wanted to then finish up himself because <laughs> redneck land. <laughs> Wow, yeah, that's wonderful! Wait, so you, you gave him a blank. I gave him a mulkeen that was all ground out and everything. He's like, "Can I just buy this from you?" I'm like, "You can just have it as a tip." And then when I got a call from the actual headquarters that sent him out, they're like, "Oh yeah, you actually had less labor involved, so we're going to reduce the price for you." I'm like, "Oh, thanks, Santa. I'm not getting cold this year." <laughs> so I have a it's a Christmas miracle. So, so. <laughs> so, so, do you have any concerns like having blanks out there? I, this is something that's come up. Just a side. Side conversation, I guess, but I, I've heard from other makers like they don't like having blanks out there or they mark them differently because the issue is Santa Claus goes out, does a terrible job finishing that knife and he's like, let me show you my nice by nude knife. And they're like, wow, it's garbage. <laughs> I think he may have the elves help him out, though, a little bit. So who knows? They make some crazy shit. Yeah. I mean, elves are dropping off like iPhones nowadays. He, he, for Christmas, he, was, a, he so. was a talented guy. I'm pretty sure the elves can figure out how to slap on some scales. Did, did the uh, <laughs> tattoo himself <laughs> for knife handles? Perfect. It's just a smiley face with a beard. Yeah. No. Um, I guess like to Santa, I, I don't think Santa Claus is getting on fucking Instagram and the bushcraft forums and like, look what I just got from Nuge. I, I'm not worried about Santa Claus getting the name out there. However, I have had people ask to buy my blanks and I say no every time because of that reason. It's like, this is my design. I don't want it getting out there. And also knife makers are a bunch of thieving fucking bastards. Um, so you send out hey, Tom, a knife how do you really and then, feel? and then let alone a month or two later, wow, a knife that you just got from me looks exactly like one of the knives I'm doing. Cool. So it's like, you know, we all steal ideas and stuff. There's nothing original in this game. I just don't want to make it super easy for them. You know, I've, I, you so, know, I've heard that story too many times. I really, yeah, I hate that story. That well, someone it, asked it, for a knife or, or got a knife or they were carrying that knife. And the next thing you know, they're releasing their own knife. And hey, it looks a lot like that knife that they've been carrying for the last six months. It's like crazy how that happens. Yeah. But like, it's also it just I just rather not like also how much money am I going to make versus the risk of sending that out there and somebody doing something stupid or making it look like shit and then saying, hey, look, this is my Nuge knife. And it's like, that's not a Nuge knife. You, Sorry. Should, you should probably go get that knife back from Santa Claus. This is why Brian was smart and he made his knife look like a banana because I don't think anybody else is going to make their knife look like a banana. <laughs> can claim that. So. I thought that was so funny when you're going through the R&D. You're like, all right, we got it all functioning, but hold up. We need to make it more of a banana. Stop the <laughs> hold the line. How do we make this more of a banana? It's like great. Was there anything I mean, anybody said no to, like scratching oh, yeah, scales yeah. or yeah, smells yeah. like I a mean, banana? Yeah, I mean, so so I come up with things all the time, and they're like, no. Um, <laughs> See, I'm not the only one who says no. Yeah, no. I, I mean, part of it is part of it is the production, like like not doing the, the production side of it day to day. Like they know exactly like what's going to work and what's not going to work. Like in an instant, like. No, that's not going to work. Like, it's a cool idea, but it's not going to work. Uh, <coughs> Ross. <coughs> <laughs> <Take notes. laughs> if, I didn't, if I didn't ask you to do things, you, you wouldn't do anything. 
<laughs> Sorry. Continue, Brian. But, but I mean, like any any natural material, because there's no liner, like people ask us like wood or bone or antler, like, well, okay, but I mean, in six months, it's going to be, a you know, it's going to be a banana. Like it'll be out of shape. It'll be out of whack. I mean, like it's a fairly simple mechanism, but you need something with some stability. You need a, you need a synthetic, you need micarta, you need kydex, you need something. Um, you know, if we did liners, we could do some, some different things like that. But, um, you know, if, if we did liners, if we were, um, so, I mean, uh, those are some of the things and people have asked us about different shapes and, um, different blades. And, and again, there's, there's not a ton of room down at the bottom. So like, you got to make sure like, you know, if you're doing a Tanto, let's say like that the top edge doesn't come up where it's going to cut you. And it's always going to be that little sharp edge above the top of the blade or, you know, like a hawk bill is going to come out the bottom. So um, there's just some stuff that just won't work. But I mean, you know, we're, we're willing to look and try anything. Uh, you know, some people said like, hey, what about this? What about that? Um, we've had a lot of requests for the clips. So we're still kind of working on the clips. Um, again, we might change something to make it a little easier to do the clips. Um, you know, we, we were talking about like sticking your hand in your pocket, do the clip up at the pivot. So it's always tipped down, um, you know. But it's just those little things like, you know, we want to be able to do it, but it's it's finding the time to do it, finding the right way to do it. And, and I mean, I can't tell you how many clips and how many setups we've been through, like just trying to get that piece of it. I do. I like I'm sorry that I have to like one up you with your banana knife, but I actually made a knife once that was more of a banana than your knife. Um, I had a customer, this was a completely special order, which I will never, ever do again. And I've had people ask me to do, because that's what happens when you do something crazy. And then people ask for it. He wanted a knife inside of a banana. <laughs> so he wanted a dagger. That's what we ended up calling it was a dagger. We, <laughs> I had to then source a carved wooden banana that was also painted. Then I cut the banana, the wooden banana in half. And then did a hidden tang with the sheath as the top half of the banana and the handle, or the uh, bottom half of the banana as the handle. And then it went in like a saya, like a samurai sword. So I, I hate to break this to you, Tom, but you actually provided uh, a knife to an assassin. Good. <laughs> had to bring that in on a fruit platter and, and that was all you. Well, nice I, he's, like, Great. I, he's like, I can't wait to sneak this into my lunchbox at work. I'm like, uh, what'd you say, Pete? <laughs> it's a, he's a little, a, he's definitely a little out there, but it was cool. Cause it was like, you know, I put it in a fruit bowl and I'm like, which one's the dangerous one? <laughs> so how long is he assassin knife? He's like, no, oh, my. did I grab the wrong banana on my way to the airport today? That's crazy. You're telling me there's a knife in there. <laughs> How did little Johnny get a knife into his lunchbox at school? That's crazy. I blame but, this guy Nuge who made it. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah sadly, exactly. I put the logo on that one. There's certain knives that I kind of wish I don't put my logo on. When All right, well, I'm, I'm definitely going to need to see pictures of the of the Banassa knife. So I'll, I'll post up. It's it's the Bedagger. So bedagger. I'll post up the Bedagger later on today. I think it would be funny to throw it back up there. But Fantastic. now, if I post it up. I'm going to have like eight people say, could you make me a dagger? It's like, no, no, I will never really make this good again. At saying no. So I wouldn't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just glad I'm not alone with the whole saying well, no to some new know, idea. What I want is I want, I want new 
uh, scales for my banana peel that are made out of like a composite resin with actual banana inside of it. Can you make that happen? Stacked micarta banana. <laughs> yes. Banana micarta with real banana. banana. I want to scratch and sift too. So make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're on your own. I <laughs> All right, so, I mean, so um, you could anyway. send it with the banana in the box, but it may go bad by the time it gets to you. So, can we talk about this guy? This new yeah. knife. Yes, that's what I wanted to talk banana? about. Because uh, my first question is: Is it also meant to slightly look like a banana, or is that coincidence? So, <laughs> so for those of you who can't see what Ross is holding up, that is the kerf. It is a the kerf carving knife. Yeah. So the <laughs> so the prototype of this one this goes back. This was like February, March of last year. Um, we did a prototype of that same blade, but a completely different handle. Um, the handle came back mostly straight um, instead of having that that curve. And I, again, I'm doing hand motions like anybody can see me. But um, instead of having that that curve up at the back, it was mostly straight, tapered a, 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 just a hair at the back. Not that you could really see it, but just enough to to kind of feel it. Um, and if you look at the the knife from the front or the back. It's, it's got what we call our hexy, um, hexy shape. So it's, it's a hexagonal coffin shaped handle. Um, and that's to, to lock it into your hand. So, um, LT was a carpenter. If you guys don't know that, like way, way back when, uh, before blind horse, um, he was, a he was a carpenter, um, carpenter by trade. Um, and this harkens back to, um, a hammer handle. So they, they've got a knife in the works, a regulator that has a full, um, octagonal handle coming out like like a full hammer handle, and um, I think a couple of you guys, I know at least Nick has seen our, our machete prototype that has a very similar handle on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the hallmark of, of LT right now is usually are, are rounded handles, like a bushcrafty rounded handle. Um, but we're also starting to look at this this these knives with the flats on it. So um, it's it's more for control. It's more for indexing. Um, again, you know, this is a, a, I mean, it's, it's a carving knife, but it's also an everyday knife. Uh, but you always know where the blade is on this knife. Um, it's, it's always, you can feel where the blade is. You can feel where, you know, you don't need to look at it. Um, you know where the blade is. So it's got a couple of things going forward that, that B shape kind of fits where your hand goes. Um, so it indexes, it's, it's, it's always locked in there and it doesn't move around a whole lot. The one that you guys have is tarot tough. And we're, you know, we're trying that out to see the, again, because of the, the way the scales are cut, they have to be a synthetic material. So we're, you know, we started out with micarta, um, but we, you know, now we're prototyping G10. We're, we're looking at the tarot tough too. And um, so far so good. Um, but it, it's just a, a nice feel to it. Um, if you look back um, at some of the old, old Puko designs, they also have a similar type handle where they're, uh, they've got a little bit of a taper at the top and then they come down at the bottom. This, it's a similar cross section. So, um, but, but the funny part is, so we had that original prototype that had a much straighter handle. And again, you know, I come in and say, Hey, um, I really like this handle, but since we're, you know, developing this knife from scratch, like, why don't we think about like some different handle shapes? So, um, we actually have a couple of different prototypes out there. One that's got um, a handle that flares out towards the back much farther. It's almost, almost looks like a 1911, uh, grip panel. Um, we've got one that has a little bit more belly and then this one. So we made those up. Um, they did them up in the shop that day and literally like took them around to everybody and said, 
which one do you feel or which one feels best to you? And, and this is the one that got the vote. And it just just happens to look like a banana. <laughs> so, <you> know, <laughs> it's on, it was the one that everybody liked and that fit the most hands just happens to look like a banana. I'm apt to thinking that you were just standing behind everybody when they're making the decision of which one to get chosen and you're just staring at them. Well, I think, you're like, no, the one that looks like the banana is the best, isn't it? Yeah, I think isn't he made it? the one that looks like a banana, and then he came up with two other terrible options and said, okay, everybody try these three. Maybe, maybe Brian had my bedagger that he got from my buddy Pete and was just standing there with a the bedagger behind people to force their votes. So this handle's interesting. So, you know, when Nick, uh, so I saw it online and it, it, you can't tell as much how faceted it is. Um, you know, when you hold it, it's definitely got facets. So there's, you know, they're, they're not sharp edges, but they're edges. And my first thought was, yeah, I shared this with you, is this looks terribly uncomfortable. Like, how is this going to be a carving? Because when I'm thinking carving knife, I'm thinking hot spots, and, you know, you're going to use this for extended periods of time, but it's actually incredibly comfortable. This is interesting. Like you said, uh, you don't realize till you hold it, it really does lock into your hand. Um, and I found I used it almost all the time with thumb on the spine. Yep. I have big hands, so I can choke up a little bit, put my thumb on the spine, and it's uh, it's a great it's a great little knife. Um, I'm curious, so why removable scales on this one? Well, I mean, so so the whole thing with with Woods Monkey when when we were looking at what kind of distinguishes Woods Monkey from from the rest of the company, um, there are a couple of things. I mean, we can have a little bit more. I don't want to say a little bit more fun because they have fun, but um, I mean, it's called Woods Monkey, and the logo is a big goofy monkey. I mean, you know, you know, it's a big cartoon monkey. So I mean, we have to have a little bit more fun, but we also like with with the boards and the the. The banana peels, it's this idea of, of like user can customize and, and there's some modularity in there. So it's not just get a knife and it's got these handles on it. I mean, the handles, the way they're they're dialing them in with the, the shop bot now um, really should be, I mean, we're calling them removable. We're not calling them interchangeable, but but they, they should be darn close. I mean, because they are all finished by hand and the, hand, the scales are finished on the knife. Um, so they're going to be for that particular knife, but there's nothing to say that you can't do what you want to do with this knife. You can take these off. You can make scales yourself. You can make them out of wood. You can make them thinner. You could make them fatter. Um, if you wanted to make them rounded, you could certainly make them rounded. If you wanted to do, I don't know, uh, like a jute wrap with some sort of special stuff on there. You could <laughs> some raw sauce on Never there. heard of it. Exactly. So, I mean, it, it's, it's a little bit more user end user customization and that kind of runs throughout the line. So, um, yeah, I mean, we could have done these fixed handles and they would have been great, but, um, like that's the, the, the kind of the, the piece of woods monkey is, is being able to change stuff and being able to, to do a little customization, do a little modification. I mean, and, and yeah, I mean, you know, you can cut the handles off on a fixed, you know, that are fixed on there, but it's, it's not easy to do this. You, it's you a know, pain. You so, get a hex, you pop them off, and you put whatever you want to on there or nothing. So do you have any plans to actually sell replacement scales that someone could throw on here and hand sand or, or fit up? Um, it's a good question. You know, not at this time, but it might be something we would do down the line. Um, all the all the, the scales come off the, the shop bot pretty, pretty sharp, but not sharp, but pretty, pretty well uh, set up. But they're all, again, finished by hand on that particular knife. Um, so they're not quite interchangeable, but I mean, the, the opportunity is out there. If somebody wanted to get another set or somebody wanted to make them themselves, I mean, all you need would be a, a bandsaw and, and uh, a grinder and, uh, you know, or a sander 
or, you know, piece of sandpaper and a lot of patience, but uh, <laughs> files and axle. Yeah. You could definitely put together a set of skills yourself and make them, make them however you wanted. You just got to pay with the sweat equity. Yeah. It would, it would be, uh, would be a little bit of time involved. And what about Kydex? We've done, we've done a couple in Kydex. We've had a couple of uh, customers request that. Um, and it actually works really well. That front screw hole is a nice catch for the Kydex really pops in there. Um, so yeah, those, those have turned out really well. We're doing the, the JRE sheets at the moment, but yeah, I mean, if anybody wants to, wants Kydex for theirs, um, it's certainly something we can do and, you know, we can do it in whatever color we have on hand, you know, black, orange, some kind of crazy cryptic or skulls or, you know, <laughs> all that stuff. Cool. Good thing I know a guy. Awesome. Do you guys have any other, uh, cool projects in the works that aren't top secret that you can tell us about? Well, I mean, so we do have the the machete um, that we've been prototyping for a while. Um, we've got to kind of nail that down. We've got to nail down the sheath for it. Uh, we've got PNW. Um, I don't know if you when you saw it if it had the PNW sheath on it or not, but uh, doing a cool uh, canvas sheath for it again, kind of that that jungle feel to it. Um, it's got a it's got a hammer handle, hammer type handle, so it's a, it's a an octagonal handle on there again just nice indexing and it's, it's a, it's a more of a Latin style machete. So straight back, um, a little bit longer than the, than the overland machete. Um, but there's, there's some other things we've got coming out, something that we, we talked about way back when, um, and we kind of set aside, um, and we might revisit that. Cause I, you know, talking about like seeing other things, I'm seeing other people make a similar product. Um, so uh, I don't want to get too far into that, but, um, and some other some other things as well. The uh, the shop is going to have some different capabilities here coming up pretty soon. Um, so we're going to look at some other products that aren't knives. Um, so merchandising, yes. merchandising. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's. Yeah, I mean, you know, we have. Um, so when when Woods Monkey was first revived by LT 2017, 2018, we had some T-shirts and hat. I don't. I don't have any of these. These I get from Sticker Mule. Hey, Sticker Mule. Um, <laughs> when they go on sale, I get one every, you know, every time they get on, they go on sale, but, um, yeah, it's just, it's just tough. Cause you got to buy like whatever quantity. So uh, yeah, it's pain, but I'd love to see, you know, like, uh, glow in the dark ranger eye skull, monkey skull, you know, all kinds of stuff. Sure. Awesome. And you guys are going like- to be at Georgia bushcraft this year too, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Is everybody coming down? I'll be there. I'll have a table there. Yeah, I'll be yeah, there. I saw that. We're going to try to convince Ross to come throw him in the trunk or something. Yeah, we'll talk about it. It all comes <laughs> down to, time, to timing. It's a quick 13-hour drive for yeah. you. Yeah, yeah real quick. A few magic. you guys drive, drive down drive there, down too? with these two knuckleheads. The longest 13-hour drive of my life. I'd rather just drive by myself. I've got enough voices in my head to keep me company. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's always a great time. I mean, you know, Casey puts on a, a good time and, and – um, Again, you know, I was looking through the list of people who are going to be there in the fall, and there's some new folks like uh, Tom. I saw you on there, and, and uh, Burton is going to be there, and he's always there, like doing classes. But he's actually going to have some product, and uh, you know, there's just some other cool companies that'll be there, and it, it's kind of fun. Like, you know, I, I started out like as a, as a gun guy and, and got into knives because of that. But I, you know, I go to a lot of gun shows, and it's cool to like walk around the gun show. But like, it's cool to do this, and you have time to actually like talk to people and, and, you know, it's not like two seconds and, you know, you're on to the next thing. 
Um, so it's, it's kind of an interesting atmosphere, like being there for the weekend and hanging out and, and seeing folks. And, Awesome. Very yeah, cool. I'm looking I'm, forward to it. I'm looking forward to it, too. First time there, so I, I can't wait. I would have copied what I said. Well, I'm going to copy what I said. Shut up. Oh, boy. <laughs> just as bad as everybody else, just copying. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, no, I'm it's, I'm really interested just to meet everybody there, too. I, it's like, because obviously you go there hoping to sell a good amount of product. But at the same time, I'm already going there looking more as a goal is to meet and network versus just sell a bunch of knives. Because then, like, if I don't move that many times, it's not that bad. Because my goal is to just have a good time and also meet a bunch of really good people that are in this. Because, you know, we all talk online, but it's not the same as, like, actually getting to hang out for a weekend and bullshit talk, practice skills, maybe have a cerveza or two in the evening. You know, yes, personally, the important business stuff. Drinking your beer again, so. Fuck off, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever amount of beer I'm buying is going to be double. Yeah, always, always go. Because, I mean, it, it's. The location is, is, you know, like you're, you're kind of near Athens, but you're kind of not. So like yeah. once you're there, you're there and it's like, yeah, double, whatever you think you, you, you need, bring double. Well, that's just classic car camping. Just fuck it. Bring it all. Like, who <laughs> yeah. cares? I've got a whole pickup truck and it's just me. We're loading this bitch up. Exactly. <laughs> going to look like Ross's car going to this thing. There's a billion bags of stuff that I probably don't need, but I got it anyway. Well, if Ross does go. We will be rest assured that everyone will have enough medical supplies to. I have enough antibiotics for everybody <laughs> there and their families and probably Athens. Ross is going to be there. Just, trunk. He's going to be practicing with his suture kit on oranges there while he's hanging out. I have so many sutures. So Nick uh, cut himself at my house this last weekend, and I was disappointed that it wasn't deeper because he very quickly <laughs> reached into his pocket. And um, before he, I could he didn't take react, the wicket and push it deeper into his no. finger. <laughs> See, so, so yet another reason not to scout carry. So he's like, oh, check this out, because he had the new the the Wicked XL. And he reaches down and zoop. Oh, okay. That's red water. Um, and before <laughs> I could react, he reached into his pocket and pulled out his uh, his boo-boo kit. So so he he actually walks the walk. It wasn't all bullshit on our, our med kit episodes. He was fully prepared <laughs> and he and he threw a band-aid on there, but I, I was kind of hopeful that I could hand the spatula really to someone else and they could man me. the grill while I could go suture him up, but it wasn't that bad. Although he did tell well, me it only stopped bleeding yesterday, so I guess it was worse <laughs> than he said. He bled for two days. It was, but good really job, good Tom. One. Sharp knife. Well, when he sent me that picture, I'm like, he's like, oh, it didn't need stitches. I'm like, did it not need stitches or did you not want to get stitches? There's a difference between yeah. the two. Yeah, well, I think it might yeah. have been in super glue territory, but again, he wouldn't let me near it. Listen, if it, not, stops, if sharp. it stops bleeding eventually, you're good. If it was still bleeding yeah, now, sometimes then... things stop bleeding because you run out of blood. <laughs> yeah, you know? Everything and then you're lying there, watching it go. Be like, I wish I had Ross's suture kit. No, can, can we get a T-shirt or a bumper darkness. sticker? Everything stops bleeding eventually. Is that a- yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> and we could get we'll the sister it. T-shirt, which is uh, blood loss is the leading cause of blood loss, or what was that? <laughs> oh, okay, all right. Oh no. We got my word mistakes. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> bleeding out is the leading cause of bleeding out. I said that last yes. week. <laughs> um, anyway, on that one note, I guess we should probably we are wrap experts, it up. professionals. We are. Um, Brian, thanks so much for coming on. Why don't you tell everybody where you can find you on uh, the World Wide Web? The World Wide Web. So again, thanks, thanks for having me on. I had a good time. Um, of course, we've got our website woodsmonkey.com. Uh, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, anywhere, anywhere uh, you can find stuff, we're out there. Yep. Awesome. 
So I'll, I'll have on. some links in the description too, so everybody can uh, click them and uh, not have to type things into their browser because I know it's uh, <laughs> it's a Nobody big ask types. nowadays. <laughs> anyway. No. On that note, right. thanks everyone for uh, coming on and listening to the show. And uh, we'll be back again next week with more nonsense. And maybe I won't bleed anymore. Who knows? We actually <laughs> forgot to, to do the check-in. So uh, I haven't done anything and, and Tom is making knives. Thanks, everybody. Oh, yeah, that's no, right. I'm, not, I'm not making Goodbye. knives. I'm doing everything but making knives Whatever. and hanging out with Santa Claus. <laughs> Certainly oh. Santa. Hey, it's hot Santa <laughs> summer. Watch out. <laughs> I, still, I still say you should not have seen your boiler installer's chest at any point during that visit. Hey, I got a discount, though.